With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fucking boo. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to fucking boo. Fucking boo. Bombing stories with Big Irish Jay Hollingsworth. I am Big Irish Jay. And my guest today is a very good friend of mine. Uh, he is a former, he's a veteran. He is a uh, author. He is a stand-up comic. He is a uh, former F, uh, F, uh, NYFD. FDNY, you hope. Sorry, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Billy fucking Billy O'Connor. What's up, well, Billy? I guess I don't have to ask you if I got to use the seven words you can't use on TV in this since the podcast oh, no. is called fucking boo. Yeah, exactly. Is good. Yeah. You, you think I would have anything? Fucking fuck just a lazy man's adjective or a lucky man's verb, you know? They say swearing's a sign of intelligence. Well, that's a good sign. That must be bright as a fuck. <laughs> yeah, you think I would have a show that you couldn't swear? What the fuck? No. no. I always tell everybody on our podcast, the Mikamuka the Mike, no matter who they are, they, the first thing they ask is, uh, you know, it's, uh, First Amendment, all the way. We don't give a shit. Say whatever you want. Let's get to the, let's get to the truth here. Is it? Yeah, that is the first one. Freedom of press, too, right? I, I watch these First Amendment, Amendment auditors. RASP is the way to remember it. R-A-S-P-P. Religion, assembly, speech, press, and petition to government. RASP. RASP. Guaranteed by the First Amendment. (laughs) You got to know that shit, brother. (laughs) All right. So hit hit me with your best. What's your best bombing story, Billy? Let's see. I mean, I I, I only did comedy, I guess, seven or eight years. And I'm pretty much... I like to see people fall out of their seats. You know what I mean? I like, I mean, it's cool to be funny, but when you really kill for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes and people are dying, I always did it dirty. So I was always like a dirty comic and I got the reputation of being a dirty comic and I didn't really give a shit cause I wasn't trying to make a living at it. But a couple of times I was at the Tepe improv, not Tepe improv, uh, Tepe center for the performing arts. Okay. Right. And, uh, Tony Visage, I know you know Tony, right? Tony, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Tony was running the show, and he says, "Look, Bill, you're headlining. I know you're a dirty comic." He says, "But listen to me, you're much better off being clean with this audience. You know, you're, you're way ahead of the game." So I didn't have a lot of clean. You know, maybe I had ten minutes clean. I'm supposed to do forty minutes. You know. So I come out. I say, you know what? Maybe. Maybe I could do a little political shit. I know a little political shit. Maybe I could throw that in there. And Rodney was running against uh, Obama at the time, right? So I said, I'll do Mormon jokes. You know, fuck it. I'll do, you know, a whole lot of magic underwear jokes and shit like that, you know, and, and ad lib a lot. So I come out and I'm telling you, maybe 150 people, not, not a lot of people, but all dressed in the nines, minks, tuxedos, like they just came back from a ball or something, you know? So I go up there and I say, okay, now be clean, you know, and this is the deal about knowing your audience, you know, they tell you that every golf match is won or lost on the first team, you know, how many strokes you get, you know, and that's the same thing with comedy, I think, or public speaking, 
Know your fucking audience. Know who you're talking to. So I didn't know who I was talking to. I just thought they were well-dressed. So I come out and I start doing, right off the bat, Obama and Romney jokes, and I see the faces. <laughs> just drop. Like, you know, right in the first row, is silence. And it looks like, you know, in the springtime for Hitler in that movie, the producers, when, when they first come out and you look at the audience and they're all like this, you know. <laughs> and that's when I said, I'm fucked. And I went down that road. I went four or five minutes down that road, and I said, "I'm, I'm fucked. I'm not going to get these people back." Turns out later on, I find out that it's a Mormon hospital. <laughs> and I'm doing fucking Mormon jokes, and and of course, because it's a hospital, these are all doctors and nurses. I can do jokes about the anatomy and fucking and anything because they're nurses and doctors. You're not going to shock them. I mean, the luckiest I ever got. Uh, where women was always nurses and barmaids, you know, because <laughs> they're fucking wide open. They don't give a shit, you know, nurses and barmaids. So that was one time that I mean, and I wasn't getting them back. And when you're up there for, you know, you know yourself, if you die the first five minutes and you got to do 40, <laughs> it's a long fucking 40. I mean, you ain't, you know, you're done, right? Well, not, not only that, it's, it's a, it's an uncomfortable 40 to begin with because you're having, you're not doing, you're not being able to just be free. And in the moment you're in your head about don't swear this and that. So not only do you, not only do you have that, you're like, Oh fuck, this is already starting off shitty. So now I'm worried about that. And what the fuck? They, they don't even, they don't like me being clean. I can't go to my tried and true shit. You're coming out handcuffed, number one. Like 100%. you said, and, and the way we talk, you're from Boston, I'm from New York. The way we talk every word is this fucking fucker, fucking fucker. You know this fucking guy? <laughs> this fucking guy? I swear to God, I think I was 15 years old before I found out that fucking a Jew wasn't one word. <laughs> You fucking Jew. Did you see that? And, and it could be a friend of ours, you know? You know that fucking Jew, Ruben? You know that, 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 I mean, that's the way it was in New York, you know? And like fucking Guinea, fucking Jew, fucking Mick, fucking this. You know what I mean? That's the way we talk. But uh, I tell you another time, I, I bombed. I had, again, I was down in, uh, where was it? Uh, Tucson. And uh, I'm doing this event and I'm headlining. And the guys, like maybe 300 people. And I got to do 40 minutes clean. Wait, wait, wait. Before you tell the Tucson story, I want to finish the other one. Because you <laughs> like you didn't. So you just. So the, oh, the, I fucking died. It was, I was no way getting the back. I mean, I was <laughs> eight shit for 40 minutes. So at the at the end of it, when uh, like I'm, I'm assuming you were like, hey, thanks for coming. <laughs> Did, were people just like looking at you like you were the no, Antichrist. And God bless America. <laughs> Nobody ever boos. Yeah, God bless America. <laughs> your, last, your last chance to. Oh, let's hear it for the vets. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, what happened? Like at the at the end of it, like did Tony say anything to you or? I said, "Why did you fucking?" I said to him, "I said, the fucking tell me they were Mormons." I said, "What the fuck is the matter with you?" I said, "You should have gave me a heads up." He's fucking. Oh, I didn't know you were going to do fucking political jokes. I said, "Yeah, I never seen you do." I said, "Well, I had to do something, you know." Yeah. You know, because usually I open up with jokes about pussy. I do. I I told this chick one time. I said, "You know, I'm getting this comedy thing pretty good. I think I could do forty minutes on pussy." She says to me, I wish you'd do 40 minutes on my pussy. <laughs> it's a metaphor. It's a fucking metaphor. Don't get your hopes up. <laughs> okay, all right. So Tucson, you're, you're 300, 300 people. Yeah, now backstage, and I'm the headliner. 
And uh, they got a couple opening acts, and they're not very good, but they're doing 10 minutes apiece. And now I'm ready, and, I, I, and I'm really piecing together 40 minutes clean, which ain't easy for me because I don't have a lot of clean. But, you know, a lot of the clean I had was handicap jokes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but wait a second. I mean, they were moderate handicap jokes. You know, they weren't, like, fucking vile. You know, like, I do a joke about – give you an example. Like – the nicknames in the neighborhood, you know, like guy with big ears, we used to call him wingnut, you know, a guy had real white teeth, we used to call him chicklets. One guy had one arm, we loved the guy, but his nickname was slot machine, you know, and, and <laughs> yeah. that's, that, that's all, you know, that's true shit. And also then when I go through this litany of nicknames, I say, you know, now I got a handicap and I don't talk about it. I said, the only reason I don't talk about it is because I got the only handicap. That as soon as you tell people you got, they demand you demonstrate it, you know? I said, I'm colorblind. And as soon as you tell somebody you're colorblind, the first thing they do is, yeah, what color do you think this is? What color do you think this is? What color do you think this is? I said, it's not a fucking superpower. It's a handicap, right? I mean, if I had polio, you wouldn't say, hey, you got polio? Try and walk over here, right? So, I mean, they're mild, they're mild jokes about handicap. But nevertheless, I can do about 10 or 12 minutes of that. Now, I'm trying to do 40 minutes clean, and that 12 which, minutes. Which, by the way, that set, you're handicapped having to yeah. do it clean <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. so now i'm backstage I'm, I'm trying to piece together 40 minutes i say if i do this story and stretch it maybe i can get 10 out of this it's usually a five minute story i'm not looking to kill here i'm just looking to survive you know like i don't expect people falling out of their seats i'm just looking to get through this sell a few books get the hell out of there and call it a night right they pay me 150 bucks or whatever all right so now i'm backstage they do the two opening acts and now the guy says before we bring out your headliner, and this is true as God, you can't make this shit up. And you know it's true because you can't make this shit up. I ain't that good a writer. Before we bring out your headliner, we have a young lady who's never tried comedy before. But she's written a new book about what it's like to be an, an airline pilot with no arms. Oh, my God. And I go, what the fuck? And this chick comes out on stage. With no fucking arms. I mean, she looked like like a beach pole, you know, like a, there was no <laughs> stems, you know. And she actually was an airplane pilot. She used to use her feet. You know, she Fuck was, that. I, 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 I No, no. I, I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm all for, yeah, you know, empowering up. But, dude, if I'm walking on a plane. But you got to lay back with that. Airplane pilot with no arms, right? But now I'm backstage and I says, I'm fucked. I mean, it goes through. I can't come out and do a joke about a guy with one arm when this chick is up there with no fucking arm. I mean, I'm fucked. I'm almost throwing up back there. I feel like uh, I feel like I'm the comic after the after you know five minutes after 9-11 happened. Like, what the fuck do I do now? <laughs> I mean, I'm done. And you have his architecture jokes. <laughs> oh, I was fucked. I come out, I, I I was I was I was ready to start going into a song and dance act, you know. I didn't know what to do out there, and I was, and I died. But uh, one of the comic that I brought with me to open this guy Gabe, uh, and uh, he said, "You know, you, you really did a lot of new stuff." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was doing a whole load of new stuff. I says it wasn't really funny, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, they didn't boo me. 
Oh, but I, I, I tell you another time I bombed. Big time. I mean, <laughs> Wait, we gotta finish this one. I wanna, I wanna know the whole thing though. So you, you get done. By, by, like, does she fly fly planes that have no wings, or how does that work? Uh, but um, private plane, private plane. And she just, and she just does pedals like a car, like people do in the cars. Yeah, she's got the things for her feet. I mean, I, I look good for her. But I mean, dude. imagine she goes up alone a lot. <laughs> Uh, you should open with hey give her a hand or two can you come out and play we need a third base yeah. Yeah. now when you so so you go out there and you're like all this you, so you've like and then by the way this tucson gig is after the mormon gig oh yeah, yeah okay well, so i'm thinking i'm thinking that you were like okay i'm gonna try this again 40 clean i've learned from my mistake I'm going to prepare. And then you're like, I prepare. Yeah. I got this handicap stuff. It'll I be fine. 12, 15 minutes of handicap stuff, which is the majority of my bit. Right? And then you see no, her and you're no. like, what the fuck? Oh, no. Like, you know, I mean, and, and that in comedy, right? It tells you, and you've been in the game a long time and you know the deal. You can't prepare for what the fuck is going to happen because you never know what the fuck is going to happen. I mean, you don't know, you know, uh, what's out there or how they're going to react or, you know, but I, I don't know about you. I like to get out of the gate fast. If my first yeah. joke hits, if my first joke hits, then I know I'm, 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 I'm confident and I'm pretty smooth and, I, and it's going to go. Okay. If my first joke dies, <laughs> then I might, I, especially an amateur, you hurry up to the next joke. You, well, you didn't like that one. What do you think about this one? Oh, yeah, I'm one you. <laughs> the sweat <laughs> starts. Dude, I just, Billy, I just did this gig. It was a 2 p.m. show at the Orleans uh, with Derek Richards and Mark Cohen. And the, the everybody in the audience was 60 years or older. Um, it was all what's up, <laughs> youngsters. Yeah, yeah. And it was uh, it was all guys. And I, I was like, you know, you, you're like, what the fuck? How, what am I gonna fucking relate to them? So I opened up the first line. I said, there's a guy off to the left that I think was sleeping, and I think I said something like, is that guy dead? <laughs> and then fucking, they did not think that was funny. I was like, yikes. <laughs> but uh, so okay, the Tucson gig. So you see her go out there. So now immediately you're like, oh fuck, this whole you know 15 to 20 minutes I have is gone. So, yeah, no, no, no. We suicide to come out and do a, a, a fucking. Hey, hey, I know about the chick with no arms. What do you get a load of me? I'm colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I got problems too, man. Uh, so, so do you immediately like just start going through your notes or racking your brain, or are you just yeah, like, I was trying to do anything, I was trying to come up with old fucking jokes. I might have heard, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, and the problem with the old jokes that I know, majority of them, you know, we told in the 50s and the 60s, and they were all fucking. Guinea jokes, Jew jokes, you know, they were all insulting jokes, you know, Irish jokes, you know. I mean, I grew up in the streets. That was the deal, you know. So 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 you what did you do you remember what, what you opened with? Oh yeah, I was uh I think I started doing fireman jokes, fireman stories <laughs> about what happened inside the firehouse. And of course, a lot of that is fucking filthy too, because you know, it's like a men's club, you know. And back in the old days when we were busy, we were doing in the South Bronx in the 70s. We were doing 12,000 runs a year. So we were doing like 20 runs a night. 
So nobody slept, you know, we'd all have beers and hanging around and then we start breaking each other's balls, you know, so, so you tried, you tried and do these fireman jokes. And as, so for the, the audience uh, listening or watching to this as a comic, what he's doing then is you're, you're, you're talking, you're starting the joke with your mouth and in your head, you're filtering real time. Like, Oh fuck right here. I talk about fucking, I got to change that to having sex, you know, and dude, it's, exactly. it's, the, it's the worst it's fucking the worst. way to do stand up. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, all you got to do is have one fuck slip out. Yeah. And then, and then if, and if you do have that slip up or even if you say like, maybe you say shit and then you're like, well, fuck, was that dirty? And this is all going in your head real time as you're still talking. You're like, fuck, dude, are they going to think that's dirty? Or can I say intercourse? Can I say sex? Or is that, I mean, you know, so many people have different things of what they consider dirty. It could be swearing. Exactly. It could be the content. Uh, oh, dude. So you somehow, you, you did your time. I got through it, but I there was I give me two hundred quick time. What I was at a four two old concert. Now wait, wait, no, I don't. I want you to save it because I'll have you back to tell a different bombing story. Well, I bombed two really bad times after that. But the four two old wasn't that bad. They they caught me right up. I mean, I opened up my set with you know. I mean, a four two old festival. You got to figure these are potheads. I love that you call it a four two oh four twenty. Just say 420. 420. Yeah. I'm like 420. Is that a fireman? I still call I still call HBO Homebox. I, <laughs> 420. Is that what it is? 420. 420. So anyway, I was at one of these fucking festivals. This guy invites me two o'clock in the afternoon. There's got to be 300 people out there. And they're all freaks. I mean, this is a you know, it's a pothead thing, right? So the guy tells me you're headlining, get up there. So I'm up on the stage. I grab the mic and I start talking about, I said, so I'm getting a blowjob from this broad, right? And like, that's the way I open up. So I'm getting a blowjob from this broad. And, you know, a lot of you guys out there, you think that, you know, uh, when you get over 70, that you're not going to get, no, I'm telling you, over 70 broads are the best. They really give sloppy blowjobs. They really get it. And I'm starting, and also this guy starts tugging on my, on my pants, right? He's down below on the stage. The guy who booked me, he's tugging on my pants. And I said, yeah, yeah, the mic works. <laughs> I said, you can hear me fine. I said, don't worry about it. The mic he goes, no, no, no. I said, yeah, yeah, the mic's fine. So anyway, I said, they spit on it. They smack <laughs> it. They swallow it. He goes, I'm telling you. And the guy goes, it's a clean show. <laughs> oh, my God. I said, I said, why didn't you tell me in the beginning? I said, what are you? I mean, that's just the way I opened up. And he said, oh. <laughs> you should have right then just gone. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Enjoy your pot. So here's my question on, we'll stick with it. We'll do on the Tucson one, or maybe okay. the first, the first story and the Tucson one. Uh, what, <laughs> the what, the almost girl. <laughs> yeah. What would you, what would you have changed or maybe done different? Or did you learn from, from the bombing? Yeah. Yeah. I learned, I mean, the first thing, the most important thing I learned, and this is public speaking, really in public speaking, know your audience. (laughs) That's the number one rule. I mean, in in anything, know your audience and why they tell you in public speaking. Matter of fact, in educational methodology, when you're teaching, the first thing they tell you is why should they listen to you? What's in it for them? You know, what's in it for them? Why should a class of 60 people listen to you what you've got to say? What's in it for them? You got to tell them why it's going to be important for them to listen. Why this? Why this means something? And it's the same thing in comedy. Why should they listen to you? Who the fuck are you? Like you know, you you want to be funny. You want to come out of the gate fast, but 
by the same token, you got to know your audience. Like, obviously, you're not going to go to a, a preschool. <laughs> yeah, yeah these old broads, they spit on it. <laughs> <laughs> they swallow it. They spit on it. They, they rub it against their face. I mean, they really, they sell it, you know? Yeah. Know your audience. That's that good. Joke, that joke I used to do in a black audience. Whenever I had a black audience, I used to tell that joke because the punchline is, I see a lot of young people out there, and I hope I didn't insult anybody's grandmother because that's who's probably blowing me. And with black guys, they got this affinity with their grandmothers. And they always go, oh, no, man. Oh, Jesus. They always go, like, oh, man. Uh, you also had an affinity for their grandmother, apparently. Uh, so, all right. I want to um, first thank you for coming on, Billy. And we're, I, like I said, I'm going to have you back and tell some other bombing stories. Uh, but uh, what? Okay, so plug your podcast and you your book. And be on our podcast December 4th. I got Big Irish Jay Collingsworth coming on our podcast. You're only our third comic. Actually, we had a. Bubba Gilliam was on the guy from Blazing oh. Saddles. You know the guy who does the fart scene. And, and oh yeah, 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 yeah. And Paul Verzi was on, and of course Paul's Cole, great Cole, buddy of mine. And you're only a fourth comic, but uh, we've yeah. been doing it over over a year now. We've had uh, and it's uh, called a Mick, which is me, a Mook, which is my buddy, Italian producer, and Mook is Italian for Egypt. The Irish say it, Egypt, idiot. So it's a Mick, a Mook, and a Mike. <laughs> and uh JJ's gonna be on it. And matter of fact, the day the day you're on it, we're filming too. We have Dan Issel, NBA uh, All-Star. Oh, yeah. So uh you're in good company. Uh we've had amazing guests. We've did uh, David Scott, uh, one of the only four living astronauts. We've had uh I mean just great guests. Uh Artis Gilmore. Uh he was a great guest. We've had some really good and you're gonna be right up there with him because you're you're always a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, yeah. It'll be a Mick, a Mick, and a Mook. And uh and plug your books, both your books. Oh, uh, we I got five books now. My first one's Confessions of a Bronx Bookie, which uh yeah, I got five now, man. Confessions God, of a Bronx Bookie. My second book was The Mick about 9-11. My third book uh, I wrote in coordination with Frank Pace, my partner on a on the podcast. He's a five-time Emmy uh, producer. He produced Murphy Brown, he did Head of the Class, he did the Don Rickles show, he did uh uh, it's you know, just a lot of really high quality stuff. And he produces the podcast and I wrote, uh, in coordination with him, his life story, if these lips could talk. And then I wrote a book, Lamar's gamble about the 1969 Super Bowl being fixed. Oh yeah. The connection, Is that the connection to the NFL and the mob and Bill Burr gave me a, a nice. Yeah. Is that, is that out right now? Yeah. It's out. I'll send you a copy. Send me your, uh, send me okay. your I'll sign one and send you out. If you like football, man. Yeah, I, you've been telling me about this b b behind the scenes for the longest. Yeah, well, not only that, but it was published, published by a claim. And uh, I make a lot of accusations in this thing. I mean, this is like, uh, but I can prove it. I mean, I all the guys that started the NFL, all the, the owners, they were all hooked up with Bialansky, all hooked up with the mob. I can fucking prove it. It's there in black and white. I did the research. And as a matter of fact, on our podcast one day, the very first commission. This is the longest plug ever, you fuck. <laughs> Save it. Save this shit. Bert Bell was the commissioner, the first commissioner in the NFL. And his son, Upton Bell, was on our podcast. And he said everything in his fucking book is on the level. Everything happened. Everything was true. So okay. no matter who tries to sue me or whatever, I got the fucking goods. And I'll send you a copy. Of it right. Lamar's Gamble. My other book is called Combustible. I got five out now. And uh, 
We'll see what happens. And uh, do you have a website? Oh, I do. Well, uh, uh, the, the, the website, you can get anything is on is a mic a mic and a mic.com. A mic and a mic and a mic.com. All right. And, and who uh, loves you? Who loves you? You fucking Who loves you? I love you, Billy. You're the I best. Love you, uh, if you go, slow danced, if you slow dance, we'd be we'd be we'd be living happy. <laughs> uh, everybody, go follow Billy. Listen to his podcast. Get his books. The books are amazing. They get great. I mean, they're uh, highly acclaimed. Very good reviews. Um, I did yeah, that. You know the NFL book we got good plugs from Dwight Hicks from the NFL. Damn. Dwight Hicks and the Hot Licks. He gave us a fucking said on the money man. Great book. He said I loved it and. uh and then a, a, a chick, Mary McNamara, who won a Pulitzer Prize, read it and said, "Fucking terrific book." So, well, well, I love you, Billy. I will see you. Uh, I'll see you here at, um, virtually in a few days uh, or a few hey. weeks uh, for the Thanks your for podcast. Me and Jay, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, brother, on the camera or off the camera. That's right. Until and for the listeners, bomb voyage. <laughs> With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.